it's been a tough adjustment getting fancy our cat to like be involved in the process of being out and about. Uh, it's it's as much about the peanut butter as it is about the pretzel. All right, dress pants have been my bane. I don't need even beans right now. <laughs> Easy olives. <laughs> Those are hill those beans. <laughs> Hi everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Hildo Spills the Beans. Tonight I have with me Danny. Hello. My brother-in-law. Uh, why don't we get started by you just telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, as you already mentioned, my name is Danny. Um, a lot of times people ask me, do you want to go by Dan? Because I feel like they think that's a little bit more you know, professional and, yeah. and uh, maybe a little bit more manly, but I like Danly. <laughs> Danly. I like Danny. Um, Danly. That's good, though. Danly. That's nice. I do like that. Um, well, good evening, I prefer Danly. Um, and yeah, as, as you already alluded to, I am married to your sister, Anna. We've been married for a little over five years. Um, as of last month, I was going to say, you just had your anniversary, didn't we you? We did, yes. And we, for the anniversary, we went to Spoon and Stable, which is like oh, the new hip place. I wanted place. to go there. Yeah, in the North Loop. It was really good. I actually felt like um, when I was there, I felt almost um, like I didn't understand how to order at restaurants. Like the rest, the, the, the restaurant menu was so confusing oh. that I felt. Um, I like know. I just didn't understand things. I don't know if I'd see that as a good thing. I didn't. Okay. Um, it's kind of like comparing, um, uh, parlor, uh, that cocktail bar to Marvel, um, where Marvel, you walk in and you're like, wait, I don't understand anything here. Yeah. But at the parlor, I feel like they're a little bit more approachable. Yeah. Um, I could see that. So, um, the food was really good and, and the waitress, uh, did a really good job of explaining the menu, but I did feel a little bit, uh silly um foolish there <laughs> really yeah i don't know oh. it was really weird because it's not like i've never been to a restaurant before you know it's not like i was comparing it to you know is this as fancy as the olive garden right um, right but yeah so anyway so we went there we we had uh went to a movie um afterwards which is like okay yeah it's a fun five-year anniversary but we're actually going to um a resort in mexico what in october yes oh, i did not know that yeah we just booked um that about a week ago the kids coming with you? No, they are not. How long um, are you going to be gone? We're going to be gone for four full days. Oh, man. So nice. four full days, or maybe five days technically, but four nights. Um, but we've been talking about doing that for a really long time. Yeah. Um, and every time uh, tax season rolls around, we're like, we should use the tax refund to go on a trip. Um, and I think this year was finally the year that we both decided like, okay, now it's not what we want to do it's what we feel like we really need to go okay. and and travel together and just get away for a little bit yeah yeah um cuz she does her fun travel things with her friends and I do my stuff for business and we never really overlap and travel together so this yeah. is going to be a fun time for us that sounds cool yeah so married to Anna two kids Juliet who's going to be 4 uh towards the end of the month and Anderson who's going to be 2 tomorrow yeah birthday party yeah is there time. going to be another bouncy house there is going to be a bouncy house. Um, my dad's employer, my dad works at a church, and they actually have two bouncy houses that are available for people at the church to use when they're not using it for like some sort of like vacation Bible school event. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so do they just have to sign them out? or? Yeah, sign them out. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's nice. So that's what we're going to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's sweet. 
Okay, last time at Juliet's party, I did land on top of Samuel. It happened. Yeah, <laughs> stuff like that happens. You know, it's it's just I'm crazy, of, Uncle Dave. Hey, <laughs> it's just part of having having one of those things in your backyard. I'm oh. actually surprised my neighbor hasn't come over really weirdly <laughs> and like tried to get in. Do you guys want some basil? Oh, is that a bounce house? <laughs> He's given us so much stuff, like not just basil, like. I mean, today he came over and he brought over like creamed corn that he's made. And I actually was watching him. I was sitting at my window and I was watching <laughs> his girlfriend unload just their like car. Just like you always do every every. Oh, afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I always just yeah. look out my window at my at my <laughs> empire, look over the neighborhood. Um, In your robe. But I was watching his girlfriend come out and she was like, oh, like she came out with a couple bags of corn. I was like thinking to myself, that's a lot of corn. And she goes back and she has as much corn again. It's like, okay, no, that that's really a lot of corn. Yeah. Then she comes back again. Oh my god. And gosh. she has as much corn. So now this is like three times as much corn <laughs> as I thought as I thought was originally uh, a lot of corn. And uh so they apparently they like cream corn and stuff, but oh, I don't know. I want to do that. My grandma Hilton has a really good recipe. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. You Matt should totally did it last do that. year. He made he made like a, a freezer full and then it lasts them all winter. Huh. The key is to actually have good corn. Yeah. Um he got you, it from a farmer. Yeah. You gotta do that. You can't go to like Cub Foods and like get their like five dozen for however many dollars, yeah. twenty bucks or whatever. You can't do that. You have to go to like one yeah. of those um those roadside stands. That's where the good stuff is. Oh yeah. You you know. I know. You know. I know. We we may be talking about the fruit stand later on tonight if things we'll go as planned. We'll see where this goes. Yeah. Well, why don't you tell? I said we should talk about your current business a little bit. Sure. Let's do that, <clears throat> and then we'll get to the questions. All right. Yeah. So, a little bit about myself. You know, Anna is my wife. I have two kids. I also have a business that I've been running with my twin brother Kenny. We've been um, uh, running this business for a little over four years. It is called King Brothers Clothiers. And we started doing ties. Uh, we started, you know, we launched a couple lines of ties. And since that time, we have kind of transitioned our business into custom clothing. So we make uh, custom suits, shirts, uh, pants, sport coats for guys who want to look good. Mm-hmm. And um, we love it. We have a, an office studio showroom in northeast minneapolis that we think is a pretty cool spot i think it's sweet i think it's cool that you share with those other guys yeah it's it's a nice uh it's a nice kind of manly studio you know the wood floors and the white brick um and kind of the black accents we think is really nice um and it's just a nice place for people to come see us at rather than us trying to deal with somebody's like fluorescent lighting in their office where you can't see and you can't move there's tons of natural light yeah, it's nice, and and we get to be able to control kind of the environment and how the how the experience goes for our customers, as you've have uh, recently experienced. Uh, yeah, that was awesome. I can't yeah. wait. Yeah, so the pants will turn out great for you, um, which has been my. I mean, you've known because you've yes. gone trapping with me before. Yes. Dress pants have been my bane. They've been tough, <laughs> but that see, see that isn't rare though. Um, no, it. It's amazing how many guys have a, have just a tough time fitting into something and not like, oh, I can't squeeze my body into this thing. Yeah. But how many guys have like irregularities? Like for me, if something is going to fit my chest and my neck, the sleeves are going to be too short. Um, no. Just because I have, I have arms that are about an inch longer than probably they should be if I was completely balanced. A lot of people that's have um, posture issues or sh- a shoulder that's lower. And these types of things actually play a 
play a role in the way that clothes fit. And so like, a, a you know, an interesting way that your legs are certainly is one yeah. of those things that plays a big role and it's tough to find stuff that you feel really great in. And for me, I always thought I was in between sizes. Yes. Like I wasn't, because it always lands on the even numbers, you know, 36, 38, whatever. And I felt like I was always a 37 or whatever it was. Right. And, and that's just not always the case. A lot of times it's just like the whole makeup of the thing. It's not necessarily like the way that they're measuring around the waist. That's not the, the issue that's going to solve everything. Yeah. Um, or the length even. I mean, you can get the length tailored, you know, brought up or, or, or you know, let out a little bit, brought down. But um, at the end of the day, it's the overall fit of everything that makes you feel good when you put it on. And so that's kind of where we help guys. Yeah, I'm pumped. Yeah, this stuff's get, gonna turn so out I really nice. I got some pants recently. I'm I'm excited. I'll I'll definitely report back. Yeah, if they fit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, they didn't fit. This uh, stuff is the worst. It's right to be. <laughs> Don't go to their studio. <laughs> but I'll definitely plug the business. We'll put it on the website and on the iTunes uh, post when it when it eventually posts. That would be great. So. Yeah, because you guys travel. You're not. You're not just in Minneapolis. I mean, Minneapolis, St. Paul is your headquarters, but you you travel to other places. Yeah, I mean, too. definitely Minneapolis, St. Paul is is where we are and where we're gonna stay. But we do um, have clients out in Seattle, out in New York, and then um, at the end of this week, we're actually going down to Houston. Because, oh, it's this week. Yeah, um, on Sunday we're heading out there, um, just because there's been a number of people who, um, I guess they're not really able to get the fit that they want down there with the guys. Apparently the people who are doing suits are a little bit older. They want something a little bit more modern. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we've got, you know, a handful of people who have said, Hey, you guys should come to Houston. You should come to Houston. And so finally we book, you know, book tickets and we're heading down there to meet with those people. So we do a little bit of the traveling and seeing people where they are, but primarily we're in Minneapolis, St. Paul. And if we happen to, you know, head out to a city where somebody needs what we do, we, make it happen. And a lot of this is from Instagram. It is. Which yeah. is amazing to me. I know. Yeah, it, it's amazing to me too. Actually, when we're in Houston, next week is going to be our Instagram two-year anniversary. Okay. Um, and I just, I got a notification through, I think, email or something, which oh, is why okay. I know that. Um, but yeah, Instagram is an interesting platform where uh, originally we started our Instagram page because we started focusing on custom clothing and all of the press that we had received as a business was about all about ties, 100%. Um, and any sort of awareness of our business was about something that we were, um, that we had done, but it wasn't kind of where we wanted our business to go. And so we started an Instagram page and we were showing photos of our suits and of how we put together different combinations and um, more of, you know, to let people know this is what we do now and yeah. because nobody did. I mean, right. um, it, we started Instagram because nobody knew who we are or what we were doing sure. or what we wanted to do. And it has been, a, I mean, a huge and invaluable part of what we do for sure. Yeah, That's amazing. Yeah. It's a, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? I mean, Instagram is one of those things. It's, it's just so visual. We that's, tried doing yeah, that's the whole. What I was say. It's yeah, a, we, it's a visual aid. It is, and and that's what we need. We tried doing like the whole blogging thing, but nobody wants to read about why the you know shirt tie suit pocket square combination I have is working. Like, boring. Um, but when you see a photo of it, you understand it, and 
you can wrap your mind around it way easier than reading a whole bunch of text. And I think, I think the reason why I'm, and this just kind of hit me right now, but one of the reasons why I'm more drawn to Instagram right now, I feel like this is an Instagram commercial for them. You're welcome. Hashtag IGers. <laughs> Hashtag Minstagrammers. <laughs> but, but, uh, I feel like it's harder to be negative on Instagram through your posts. It is. Like yeah. Twitter, you get people complaining about stuff. Facebook, you get people complaining about stuff. There isn't a whole lot of complaining going on on Instagram. Right, because I think it's more of a snapshot. Like you you go on Facebook and it's all about the people and, um, oh, I had this really negative experience. Or half the times when people are tweeting, they're like tweeting at a company that they just you know are upset with. Mm-hmm. But Instagram is... Yeah, you're right. It is. It's it's harder to be negative, yeah. um, and I don't really know why that is. I know Instagram does a good job of like controlling and um, making these different updates so that people can't post the same comment over and over again. Oh, really? Um, and be spammy in that way. Oh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know if it's if it's a mix between the way that they keep things up and keep things fresh and new. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do generally feel like the people who are on Instagram are actually like a receptive audience. They want to see the people's photos that they're following. Yeah. Um, and half the people I have on Facebook are like my second aunts three times removed and they're like complaining about their, how busy their <laughs> life is. And it's like, I don't care. Um, just made <laughs> oh, this man, salad just, today. We just oh, lost boy. the listener. Thanks. Boy, was that Thanks. bad. <laughs> this no. turkey sandwich blows at this restaurant. It's like, <laughs> wah, wah, wah. I go back and forth about Facebook. Yeah, I'm not on Facebook a whole lot. I mean, it is interesting to keep up with what people are doing. And there have definitely been a number of times where, uh, you know, there's a former high school, not even friend, like acquaintance, that somehow I end up needing to message about something. Um, And Anna, my wife, she's always going through her phone and her, uh, you know, social media platforms. And she's like deleting people and doing all of this. and, And I can't remember who it was, but she deleted somebody from my phone or from my Facebook. And then like the next day or like the next week, I needed to contact that person. <laughs> and I was looking, it's like, why don't I have Andy's number? And uh, sure enough, she had like gone through and like helped me clean out. But oh man, um, yeah, it's <laughs> like, like, he doesn't need this. <laughs> he doesn't need that. I've never heard of this guy. He's not important. Um, and he wasn't, but uh, I did oh. need to talk to him about something. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, Facebook is one of those weird things where I think it's becoming more and more irrelevant the more, you know, your Instagram and even like Snapchat and like these new things that it's like, I don't necessarily understand them, but there are people who are on these things and there's like a reason why Snapchat still exists. Yeah. And it's not just for like, you know, ooh. Uh oh, the naughty photos. Yeah, that's super naughty. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it's not just for the naughty stuff. Yeah, Um, but yeah, it's. I feel like we're old men talking about the way things change (laughs) and social media. No, I don't. Yeah, but it's like that's like a legitimate job now that people can have. It's like social media manager of this company. Oh yeah. The one of the hard things is I was actually just talking with somebody who that's. uh, actually like a primary part of her job now. One of the frustrations that the, the people in these uh, jobs have is that everybody thinks because they're on these platforms that they understand it in a different way. And so she's having all these people say, well, why don't you just do this? Or why does this rival you know, company have this many followers? And why does this person do this huh. in this way? And it's all about like specifically how do you want to use it? Mm-hmm. And then staying intentional and consistent with that. Um, 
which is just so weird. And it's definitely like a fine line between being annoying and being up to date because you don't want to be yeah. the person who's posting five times a day and then getting unfollowed all the time. Oh, I've definitely unfollowed people because it's like the same I did, thing. I did every notice day. that my uh, following went down by a follower. Was it me? By- no, no, it wasn't you guys. <laughs> <laughs> all these suit photos, unfollow. Uh, you can follow. No, just kidding. All right, let's get to the let's get to the meat here. Let's get to the real stuff. Let's get to the beans. Question number one: What is your midnight snack? This one for me, I wish it was more exciting, but it's not. Um, my midnight snack is pretzels and peanut butter. Okay, and it's not necessarily like, oh, I gotta have my, uh, you know. PPB every every <laughs> single night, um, but it's do like you refer to it as PVB. Yes, I do. Okay, right. um, just like the Papa Murphy's bacon cheeseburger pizza, I call it BCPP. Oh man, um, <laughs> that pizza is good. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It's so Why bad. is it so good? You know, maybe if I had Papa Murphy's more, that would be my midnight snack. Reheating <laughs> those. Pizzas. That's what I would Snapchat. Just that Papa Murphy's <laughs> pizza. Oh yeah, it's so good. Ah <laughs> uh, man, I don't know why it's so good. It's better than bacon cheeseburgers. Why is that? That doesn't make any sense. Um, my yeah, pretzels and peanut butter for me is definitely my midnight snack. Any types of pretzels, or you? You know, I think I I think I prefer the pretzel sticks. Okay, um, That's but if we happen to have the regular pretzels, the mini ones, yeah, um, we never have the large ones at home. Like those like huge the ones huge that you're gonna break rolls. your molars on. Yeah, no, yeah. we don't have those. Um, that wouldn't work. Uh, it's it's as much about the peanut butter as it is about the pretzel. All right. Um, and for me, that's like a good mix between like salty and sweet, even though peanut butter is not all that sweet. Yeah, it can be. It you can know? be, yeah. you know. And I've tried like mixing um, in some chocolate chips or Nutella. Oh. Yeah. But it's just no about dice. the classics. The you know? PPB. Peanut butter and pretzels. Um, for me, that's my midnight snack that more often than not, I find myself going to. How many nights a week are we talking here? Well, it depends on if we have it, and That's it depends true. on if if Anna and I are watching uh, a show. You know, like a, a if we're if we're working through some sort of series or some yeah. show, because then it's like three, four times a week. Yeah, because you got it on hand, right? But right now, what we're doing is we're listening to books online, you which be, means you we're be laying crunching in bed. You, yeah, you can't be crunching <laughs> when you're listening to a book as much as I want to, <laughs> and as much as I have done that. Um, but it's like at this point, it's more work brushing the crumbs out of the bed. <laughs> that is just not like sucking it up and not eating in bed. It's so like, bad. This isn't worth it anymore. No, it's not worth it. So I haven't had my uh, PPB in a while. <laughs> All right. Uh, next question. What's the best meal you've ever had? The bacon cheeseburger pizza from Papa Murphy's? Is that it? <laughs> yeah. Well, definitely most often. That's got to be it. There, there was definitely a stint where I think I think I had three pizzas a, one week, but like three pizzas for me. <laughs> I can't remember what the scenario was, but it was new. I had just discovered it. You were like, we got to do the whole 30. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, this. yeah. I should have had the, the BCBP before the whole 30, but uh. um, the best meal that I've ever had um, was at a place called Burns Steakhouse in, in Tampa, Florida. Okay. And it's definitely like a world 
famous steakhouse, but it's not world famous in the way where everybody knows about it. But like in all of the, you know, people do like these steakhouse brackets all over the country and different places face off and, you know, Mm -hmm. like Murray's and Manny's downtown Minneapolis faces off with some, you know, a couple different places in Chicago. Um, and it just kind of works itself in. And, um, there's a couple different ones that Burns ended up like the final champion. And the place was, I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's so similar to, you know, if, if you've had something that you feel is like the best of that thing in the world, like you just can't really describe it to somebody. Like if you, if you've seen the best sunset or if you've had, that's true, you know, it's some a, some people are really into like cigars. Oh, it's yeah. you know this this cigar is good, but it's not as good as this one that I had this time. You know, th- it's it's like that. I can't really explain it. And it wasn't even, you know, the atmosphere played into it. But uh-huh. um, we didn't know that we were going to be going to this place, and the place had like a dress code, and and so we actually didn't. Um, which is kind of funny thinking about it now. Like we we didn't meet, meet the dress code. Oh, um, now now you for sure would. Yeah, right. And and I was wearing like shorts and like a polo. Um. So we got seated in the lounge, but then after the meal, they take you on a tour of like th- this this burn steakhouse, and there's these huge. So like, it's just like part of the thing. Yeah, it's like part of the experience. Now that you finish the steak, you get to watch how this cow was killed. Yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> and they have these like floor to ceiling fish tanks, and you see this this like gigantic seafood swimming around, and that's where they get their seafood. And then they have this wow like wine tomb. And you walk in and you, I mean, it's, it's like chill and like literally it's chilled and, um, there's just this wine everywhere. And I think their most expensive bottle they said is like $10,000. Jeez. Um, and then you go to this different section and it's, it's like a dessert room. So you sit down in a booth and you call your order to the dessert place. I don't know where, you know, your phone call is going, but then they show up with your coffee and your dessert and it's a completely different restaurant than the actual restaurant itself. What? It was, it was so cool. Um, but How the long food, ago was this? this was, um, I had just graduated from high school. Oh, okay. So it was a long time ago, but I have yet to have anything that rivals that at least in the steak department. Yeah. Um, it was, so amazing and it's not one of those things that i look back on and i say man i wish i would have had it now because i would be able to appreciate it more mm-hmm. it was one of those things that you like you have it and you can't not appreciate it because it's so good yeah that was the best meal i've ever had that sounds amazing you painted quite the picture i know right yeah word picture <laughs> uh speaking of cigars i had my first cigar over the weekend oh yes yeah was it like a Swisher Sweet or was it a good cigar? No, no, no. We so on the other podcast that I do once in a while, um, super the hardest. Yeah, we yep. had a, we had a guy on that that was super into cigars. Okay, and so he brought a bunch of cigars and he was like, "This one's like, I forget what it was called. I thought he called it a macchiato." Which oh, is a coffee. like a mo- like yeah. I know I know what you're saying because I've seen like photos of it. Yeah, like, it's a macchiato it was, or yeah, like yeah, something, yeah like some, that. something like that. Yeah. It was like I mean I was thinking coffee terms macchiato, you know. right? But it's like short and kind of fat. Did it come in the case type thing? No. Okay. No. I might not be thinking of the right thing. Anyway, I'm like not a cigar guy, but I I I don't think I'm going to become a cigar guy. I didn't. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was fine, but I was like, I this is not something I'm going to do. Right. Like. Every weekend. Right. Yeah. You're not like living for the cigar time. No. Yeah. No. 
that's I've already got my coffee for that. But I right, I liked it. I thought it yeah. was fine. No, it's it's definitely like a good thing to do. For me, the one of the biggest issues is the next morning where you're still tasting it. Oh it's yeah, like, is that yeah. worth it? Yeah. See, I, and since it was my first one, I I knew that everybody was like, "Well, don't smoke the whole thing because you're going to oh, feel terrible yeah, afterwards." So sure. I smoked like maybe a quarter of it. Yeah, and then I was, then I cut myself off. That's a good idea. You got to have the self control. It's like any controlled substance. You got to know when to quit. It's true. All right, next question. Okay, this is I'm gonna this is an either or. So I'm gonna give you two options and you can decide which one you want to answer. All right. Uh I don't think I've asked anyone this question before. You're you're new. What's the worst gift you've ever received or the worst gift you've given? You can choose either or. I'm gonna choose Or if the- you want to do both. Don't let me well, hold maybe, you maybe back. Maybe when I'm talking about the worst gift I've ever given, I will think about the worst gift I ever received. Okay. Um, the worst gift I ever gave, um, and it, it's not actually that bad of a gift, but I, you got to know your recipient. Uh, and it was this year. It was actually for Anna's birthday. Okay. Um, and Oh, no. She's so hard to buy for, as you know. Oh, I believe that. She's so picky. And it's not even in like it's not a bad way, but it's so specific. Yeah, she has she just has a, spe- a specific thing in mind that she wants. Yes, or an idea of like the the style or whatever. Yeah, and so usually she'll say, you know, she'll let me know, hey, I bought my birthday gift from you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've definitely given her stuff for Christmas, and she's like, oh, I returned it and got this. I'm yeah. like, all right. And she's like, as so long as you're she's happy, like so chill about. I returned it. Like, usually, like, I feel like people try to hide that fact. Yeah. Like, it wasn't what I wanted, so I returned it, and now yeah. I have this thing that I actually want in life. Yeah. Um, Which is totally fine with me. If, that yeah. ever, if that's ever the case, I'm like, great. Yeah, but I'm I feel weird. Some... Yeah, I know. I feel weird, I feel too. like we're similar in that way. I we're... feel weird telling someone that exactly. I did that. I feel like we're similar in that way where we think too much about the other person. Oh, yeah. That we're the people like, pleasers. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, I don't want to tell them that I returned the thing. Um, but it's like, you know, any normal person would be like, okay, well, great. Now you have what you want. That's, that's awesome. But she, uh, she's so specific. She's so tough to buy for. Uh, I don't know that I've ever really nailed it before. I don't know that I've ever given her something that was like spot on that she didn't know about ahead of time. Um, other than Juliet. (laughs) (laughs) but she yeah. didn't. She didn't know about it ahead of time. Definitely didn't know about that one ahead of time. <laughs> that was not a planned one. <laughs> that was not. That one was not pre-planned. Surprise! That was a surprise gift. <laughs> yeah. Um. That gift grew on us, and grew in her literally. Um. So, I gave her. Uh, I don't know where. Die off my gear. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know where I heard this, but I heard that every girl needs pearls. I don't know where I heard it. I've heard that. I've yeah. heard that. I think my mom, my mom has definitely said that before. Yeah. Okay. So you're not, not the first crazy. person that has heard that. No. Yeah. So I got her some pearl ear- earrings. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I mean, it's not like I did a whole bunch of research or like went to like the fanciest pearl place around. Um, I just ordered them online. Okay. And uh, I gave them to her, and she was like, "Are you serious? I- I'm not going to wear these." 
<laughs> and that was not the reaction that I was imagining. I was imagining like, oh, great. I don't have pearl earrings. Every girl needs pearl earrings. But it was so... And it, it's not like I even felt bad. It was just such a bummer. I thought I nailed it. Well, you know, like this is one of those things that was like, sure thing. These things are going to come in the mail. Like we are good to go. Like she yeah. is just going to be, you know, this is a slam dunk. Uh, and she Denied. hated them and we returned them. Um, and then actually from, I made, I made up for it in, on mother's day, which is shortly after her birthday. And yeah. I got her a cat stroller. Oh, I did. See and that. she didn't know about it. That, actually, no, there's, there's something that I nailed for her. Okay. Uh, the cat stroller. <laughs> Granted, she brought it up to me before I bought it, but she didn't uh, know that I bought it and then it showed up and it was a great, a great gift. Um, that is definitely those pearl earrings are definitely the oh, worst man. gift I ever gave. That's funny. Now I feel like we kind of glossed over the cat stroller. Let's go back to that. Let's go back. <laughs> Let's circle back. Let's circle back to that cat stroller. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's not. So cat strollers are a thing. Yes, uh, that those exist. And it we, wasn't. I she didn't want that ironically. No, though. not like. Ooh, I'm gonna pretend to be the crazy cat lady. It's like, what can I do to be more of a cat lady? Yeah. We saw a crazy cat lady at a park, and she was just sitting uh, on a bench, reading a magazine. And she had a stroller next to her, and there was a cat draped on the stroller. And we were, you know, both kind of talking, you know, oh, wow, what a well-behaved cat. Um, and then everybody kept, everybody that walked past her kept stopping and talking to her and looking in the stroller and, at, you know, at what we assumed was like this gorgeous baby or whatever. Uh, and she was not, she was not relaxing. She was not actually reading this magazine. She was getting stopped all the time. She was... Yeah. She was being stopped more often than if a really, you know, an A-list celebrity were to be sitting on that bench. Wow. Because at least when, you know, an A-list celebrity is around, there are some people who don't know who it is. Yeah. Now, this lady, she was sitting there and she was like the belle of the ball. And everybody, <laughs> everybody who walked past stopped, looked in the stroller, petted the cat and went on their way. So finally, we kind of walked over and there was another cat in the stroller. So there was like two cats hanging out with her at the park. And the stroller was like made for the cat. And so they were just sharing the stroller. The two cats were just kind of in there. Well, one of the one of the cats was draped on top of the stroller, <laughs> and the other one was inside. And you could tell by the way that the stroller was like constructed that this stroller uh, was made for a cat. Like it had like a cat bed on the inside. Uh -huh. So that got us thinking: like, do these things exist, or did she have this custom made? And um, like you can have your suits custom made at King Brothers Clothiers. <laughs> nice. Uh, Good plug. Yeah, thanks. Just in uh, case the beginning was edited out. We got it in there now. <laughs> um, did you have this stroller like custom made for her cats? But so then we like looked online and apparently it's definitely a thing. Cat yeah. strollers. So it's been a tough adjustment getting fancy our cat to like be involved in the process of being out and about because she's an indoor cat. So we took her to a donut shop once and she was like kind of scared because there were a lot of people looking <laughs> looking inside the stroller and it's a work in progress, but it was definitely a good gift. So you have two strollers that are taking places then? Yes. Okay. Yes. We've got the kid stroller and the cat stroller. And the cat stroller. Yep. All right. I just want I had told some friends and they and they were surprised about a cat stroller. But they just they just didn't know if they wanted if it was like a thing that they wanted. You know, like right. Like, is this just a funny to be funny or is this a legitimate? Yeah. Like, I'm going to take my cat for a walk. I feel like you don't do something like that ironically. 
No. It's too big of a commitment. <laughs> it kind I'm going to purchase this thing. I'm going to get it delivered to my house. It's going to be like more expensive than I want it to be. <laughs> and it's going to arrive. I'm going to load up my crazy cat in this thing and I'm going to walk and embarrass myself. And it's going to like, that's not something that you do ironically. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's do a, we'll do more of a question. Then we'll take a break. How does that sound? Sounds good. I think I might have to whittle some of these down. All right. What is the worst job you have ever had? The worst job that I have ever had was picking rock. Do you know what that is? No. Okay. So I grew up in Wilmer, which is a small town about two hours west of Minneapolis. How many people live in Wilmer? Well, I mean... It's like 25,000, which doesn't sound all that small. Essentially, what Wilmer is, is, is it's kind of like a suburb plopped out in the middle of nowhere. Okay. Um, but because it's, you know, a town, a city, a suburb uh, in the middle of nowhere, you get a lot of different uh, people with d- different types of jobs. So there's a lot of small business owners. There's a lot of uh, retail. There's a lot of farmers. You know, there's a lot of different types of things. So... Picking rock is this. You walk through a field and you pick up rocks. (laughs) That's what picking rock is. And sometimes there's a a tractor that's kind of going very, very slowly um, beside you with a big trailer. So you pick up a rock, you walk over to the trailer, kathunk, you throw it in the trailer. Sometimes you have a five-gallon bucket that you fill oh my to the point where you know you can't really carry it any- anymore, and so then you dump that in the trailer. But every field needs to have the rocks picked out of it. Otherwise, they're going to get in the tractors, and it's going to like prevent the crops from growing in the way that they yeah. should. And so everybody needs to pick rock. Uh, and there are people who need to be the rock pickers. And I was a rock picker for a number of different farming seasons, and Seriously? It, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh man. And as I got older, I started getting paid better, so I, it was it was you know a little bit more bearable. Um, you know where but you're just when, out in the hot sun picking you rocks. Are out, yeah, you are out, and you got to kind of be wearing like long pants because otherwise you're gonna get like you know you're gonna w- brush up against something that's scratchy and like cut your leg or. So do you do this before crops start growing? You so do this like in the cold spring. Um, yeah, you do this in the. Uh, summertime. So I think that's before, that's before planting, I believe. Now I'm not a farmer, so I don't know like when they're planting, but it's not like, um, uh, you know, corn is kind of in its peak in the summertime. This is like soybeans and and Mm -hmm. other types of crops that I think they harvest in the fall. Okay. Um, so in the summertime you're picking the rock. Uh, it was, and, and it's, it's so tedious. It's so boring. It's so hot. It's so gross. Uh, definitely the worst job I've ever had. I, I, I don't even know where to go with that. People don't even know what it is. That's that's yeah. that's one of the funny things. It's like, yeah. I mean, does, did you ever pick rock? What? Does every farmer have people that come and pick rocks, or do they have machines that can do it for them? And these farmers didn't have machines. I always wondered about that. You know, are there machines? Is there like a spray you can like spray and like disintegrate the rocks? <laughs> Wouldn't that be easier than hiring these kids to like oh, walk around the fields and pick rocks up? 
I remember the farmer told us, like, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. So don't go running all over the place trying to get every single rock you see. Like, just focus on the big ones. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, Makes me think of a Napoleon Dynamite. He's trying to corral those chickens. Yes. It was, you know, and that's actually kind of what it is, where it's like (laughs) these kids who don't know what they're doing are like hired by this farmer who's going to pay them in coins, you know, and you're going to go do whatever tedious job. The chickens have large talons. (laughs) Boy, I didn't hear a word you just said. (laughs) Napoleon Dynamite is a really good movie. Oh, I love that movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. You have to watch it with the right people. Yeah. That's part of the problem. Yeah. But the other thing it reminded me of was. There's this really crappy movie with Jack Black and Ben Stiller called Envy. Did you ever see that? No. Jack Black creates this spray called Vaporizer, and you <laughs> spray it on your dog's crap, and it vaporizes into thin air. Wow. And so it's like a way to clean up the environment. Interesting. But then the whole movie is like, where is the poop going? Because it's going someplace. Yeah. It's getting yeah. teleported. Wow. Yeah. I never thought of it that way. It's like click. You just can't wrap your mind around it. What if you had a remote? What if? Adam Sandler just nailed that one. <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> just dove right into just our, our whole structure as a society with that movie. Adam Sandler, man. Uh, we watched the movie, or I watched the movie, Cobbler, the other day. Oh, yeah. I watched, yeah, we watched it. It started out being like, oh, this is going to be a really good movie. And then as you continue to watch it, it's like, this is not a good movie. That got a little but weird. I have to continue to watch it to make sure it's not a good movie. And I needed to figure out what the heck was going on. It I kind of called, called some of the twists. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you definitely got that. I didn't call the barbershop guy being his dad, though. Oh, spoiler Did you call alert. that one? <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, if, you're gonna, if you're planning after this, if you're planning on watching The Cobbler, just know, spoiler alert, just know that the barber is his dad yeah, for Steve real. Yeah, Steve Buscemi is his dad. And he's, like, really rich oh, or something. Oh, that one I called. You called that? I called that. Oh, I did not see that one. About halfway through, I was like, oh, that's his dad. Because he got, like, really sentimental. I did not call him being like a superhero cobbler guy yeah. <laughs> that's like got all these famous people's shoes in like a bat cave that's with a special so car. That's so weird. I didn't call that. I mean, I obviously called that, you know, Adam Sandler, he wouldn't really be into the family trade and then something would, you know, click yeah. and all of a sudden he'd Ooh. be really into being a cobbler. Call back to his click. Other movie. Yeah. <laughs> and, then and then he it, would start speaking Spanglish. And then everything blended for him. <laughs> there we go. That's the stuff. <laughs> what is the strangest thing you have ever seen i saw a shooting what yeah i feel like like these are things that like we've never had conversations about yeah no kidding they're just coming out Beans are spilling everywhere Uh oh (laughs) the beans just slipped on some beans (laughs) they're all over the floor I <laughs> my dog's gobbling them up. <laughs> oh, easy olives. <laughs> those are Hildo's beans. <laughs> um, so in college, I worked. One of my jobs I worked was valet, and I do know I, that. Yes, I remember that. Yep. Um, we were probably just getting to know each other at that point. Probably. When I was working valet. Yeah. Um, so there was one night where um, uh. What what is now seven steakhouse sushi? Oh yeah, yeah, right on. Uh, it was called like, R Norman's. It was brand new. Oh, and it's on Hennepin and yeah, Hennepin and Seventh. Right? Yeah, yeah. uh huh. So I was working at Fogo de Chao. Oh, okay. Uh, Kitty Corner from mm-hmm. Seven or from uh, R Norman's at the time, and um, 
I was I was just standing outside with uh, my valet guys, and um, I heard like this bang bang, and uh, I looked over, and it, it's you're gonna feel like I'm lying when I'm saying this, but there were there were these uh, two groups of guys, and there was a car in the center, like a car that was parked on the street, which at the time wasn't illegal, um, uh, and they were on like either side of this car, like peeking out and ducking down and like peeking around this car like shooting at each other jeez and so this was right in front of our normans and so i'm like watching this thing and i like i i know that i'm safe like they're not gonna oh what's going on over there at fogo de chow like let's get those guys yeah like i know that they're not gonna shoot me but like all of us it was like me and two other valet guys we just kind of like like sunk back and like ducked into this the like the overhang. Oh uh, yeah, building. I mean even stray bullets or something. I know it was it was crazy and uh, the whole thing lasted probably only like fifteen seconds. Yeah, and then it was over, and the guys sped off in a car that was like you know had pulled up and you know some of the guys got in there and I don't know what I don't even know what happened to the other group of guys because uh, I was not obviously focused on like the details of the shooting. Um, but within probably 30 seconds of the shooting being over, like the streets were just packed with people. Uh, and then um, there was actually one guy that was like laying in the street who must have been like hit by a bullet or something. So the, the cops got through, like got this guy and then like spent the next 30 minutes just getting people away from the scene and like trying Jeez, to figure man. things out. It was so weird. Uh and it was like you, you, you're experiencing this and you, while you're experiencing it, you're not like it's not necessarily registering that this is like such a weird thing. This is probably going to be the weirdest thing you'll ever experience. Yeah. But it yeah, it was so strange to see. Man, so did you ever find out what happened or there was something about it like online the next day. I think it was it was like some gang related thing. I don't know why it was like all taking place downtown, downtown. Yeah. Uh, but it was. This is going to make Minneapolis sound awful. But <laughs> two times my two times this year, my bus has been rerouted because someone has been killed on the corner that my bus goes past. Oh my goodness! Two times this year. This year. <laughs> the second time, I'm like, how is that even possible? They set up those mobile uh, Minneapolis police cams. Yeah. So they're watching that corner the oh. entire time, and I never know. And then my bus gets there. Goes way off. I'm like, what is going on? And they're like, oh, somebody was shot, or somebody oh, was stabbed. Man. I'm like, my Yikes. my bus route is notoriously not a safe bus route. Right, because it goes through North, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Someone was shot on on it, but it was the weekend. So, the other weird thing so I cool. saw happened on my way home from your house. This isn't one of the weirdest, but we were wa- we were driving back to our house and we stopped at a light. And Anna starts freaking out, and I look over next to me, and there's at a bus stop. Speaking of buses in North Minneapolis, yeah, there's a little kid wearing one of those demon clown masks. Oh, jeez, looking at us. Oh my gosh, <laughs> the worst thing ever. <laughs> Maybe even worse than the shooting. <laughs> it was so bad. Where was that? Through North Minneapolis? Because you guys right just on, took forty um, second, like the yeah, entire yeah, way. Yeah, to yeah, your we just house. took it all the way down. Uh, this was right on. Um, is it Aldrich? Maybe, yeah, not that far away, or maybe it was it was further. It was it was right before you like uh, 
crossed over the highway and then like oh, okay, crossed over the river okay. like and yeah, then turned sure, onto the parkway. Sure. It was right there. It was um, pretty terrifying. So you know that little bridge that's that's been closed forever? Yes. I know the bridge. I keep wanting yeah. to drive over it, but oh, it's closed. Yeah. There was one day I was like, forget this, I'm gonna drive through it. I, there was no way you could fit a car through no. there. I know we had talked about it, but yeah, I've seen. I've there seen, was like, someone motorcycles. sitting in the middle of the bridge. Oh. oh yeah, was he on like a? He was in a like, like a, a folding chair or something. Oh okay, I haven't seen that guy. Oh okay, there's a guy who's in like he's like handicapped and he's in like a uh, like an electric scooter. Oh. He sits there and watches the trains a lot. Oh, maybe that. Maybe it was that guy. Yeah. It was from a distance. I've seen like motorcycles and and like electric scooters and stuff get through and cross, which is a great idea. Because yeah. otherwise you're you know you're going up to another you know major highway and you're going way out. And of I'm your pretty way. sure they just closed that. Bridge I think down it's because done. It's dangerous. I think the bridge is done. I don't yeah. think it's ever going to be redone. Because what are you going to do? Close time. the train tracks to redo it? Like you can't do that. That's true. It's done. It's over. It had it, a, it had a good run. It had a good run. That was <laughs> the best pathway. Because our we, so Danny Danny and I live. We probably live. 15 minutes our families live like 15 minutes it's from not each that other. far not, yeah and it was a straight shot and then they closed this little bridge and we couldn't get around it was such a straight shot i mean i used to i mean i, I guess i probably could still now but i mean i would run it to get here and it yeah. would be like three and a half miles like a nice a nice run um and so it, you know whatever that is you know three and a half miles in in the car because i'd run the same route but was now it really it's like, only that long maybe it's a little long maybe it's five um but it feels quick. Yeah. But in the in the car, especially, like you hop in, you're you know, boom, you're back home. And you got that freaking detour. It's bad. And it'll never be fixed. No. It was nice while we had it. You never know what you got till it's gone. <laughs> Paved paradise. <laughs> Put up a parking lot. <laughs> if you had to leave this country, where would you choose to live? Hmm. I would probably I would probably live in Italy. And I don't know where. Really? Yeah, I don't know where in Italy because I've never spent a lot of time there. We when I was uh early in high school, this is one of those things where you look back and you're like, "Man, I wish I could do it now cuz I'd probably appreciate it more." Mm-hmm. Um it was after my freshman year in high school, my family went um to europe uh to like i think we started in germany and then went to switzerland and then um we went to uh austria and then as a result of going to those places you know we like trained through a a bunch of other like really small countries yeah um one of the nights when we were in austria we were so close to the border of italy that we drove into italy for dinner and then back up to where we were uh and I don't know if it was like the novelty of being in Italy that just felt so cool, uh, but I've always wanted to go back, and I obviously would love to be kind of in you know Florence. One of the big like menswear shows oh, happens sure. in in Florence. Um, I would love to be there to experience that. The food, obviously, uh, but then you're also you've got easy access to those other like small. Uh, smaller countries in Europe, you know, Switzerland, mm-hmm. Austria, which both of those countries are just amazing. I'd love to visit. I've never been to Italy. Yeah. I uh, 
I would I think I think if I had to choose anywhere outside of the US it would probably be Italy and I don't know a lot about it. I've heard like you know, Florence is a dump and Rome is a tourist trap and yada 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 but I still think I would love to live there if Sounds I had cool. to choose. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure like I'm going to be thinking about this at night and being like, "Oh, actually no, I'd rather go there. I'd rather live there." <laughs> Austria. I'll call Austria in. Is a, yeah. Yeah, you can call and we'll we'll just we'll just phone edit that. <laughs> actually New Zealand. And right now, say, <laughs> well, Dave, I'd live in Afghanistan. Ooh, no. <laughs> no? I don't think so. Not going to happen. I don't think so. <clears throat> if you could tell your younger self anything, what would it be? Man, if I could tell myself, my younger self, anything... Now, I mean, it's not like I have all of this amazing life experience, but I think one theme that has uh, been a constant has just been like, and we kind of alluded to this earlier where you and I are both like people pleasers and Mm -hmm. we would, we wouldn't tell somebody that we returned their gift because we would care too much about what they thought. I would probably tell my younger self, don't care so much about what other people are thinking. (laughs) Um, Because chances are, you know, if you're worried about what other people are thinking about you, chances are they're probably not thinking about you. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, do what you're going to do, say what you're going to say. And it's even, you know, I feel like it's kind of at its pinnacle in high school where you've got, you know, the cliques. And um, I went to a kind of a larger high school, even though I was from Wilmer. Um, I think my grade had uh, 400 people or something in it. So it wasn't like a tiny high school. No, that's So you it. get, you know, just kind of by default of being in like a larger school, you get different types of groups of people um you get like the people who are really into sports and then the people who are really into sports and are also like really into partying and then the people who are popular in this way and then popular in that way and then it's like high school is just so weird and i feel like for me high school was one of those times where i spent so much of it worrying about what other people were thinking about me and looking back it's like there's no way those people were actually thinking about me uh, yeah. I wish I could have just kind of gone through and, and been myself um, because, you know, you graduate from high school, you go do your own thing and nobody ever cares. Uh, and I think I think uh, that's one of the things that I would just continue to reiterate um, is don't worry about them. Um, not because they're not important, not because people, you know, don't matter, but because how does that help you? Yeah. And it it continues. I mean, it continues when you're an adult. But oh, definitely. And I think, and I think you're kind of your own worst critic too. Where I often think, oh man, they're thinking this about me. And then when I really find out what they're thinking about me, it has nothing to do with what I was worried about at all. Right. You know, like it's usually much better. Yeah, it's. I, it is go, I always go to worst case scenario mode. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm the king of. The worst case scenario, well, what if this happens? And what if this happens? How am I going to, like, you know, hurt locker this situation and, de- <laughs> you know, defuse this bomb when it blows up? And it's like, it's never going to blow. It's not even a bomb. I have not seen that movie, so don't spoil oh, okay. that Sorry. one for me. <laughs> spoil He saves that. it all. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Click. He's actually uh, a cobbler at the end. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to pick up these beans. We're not spilling them tonight. Reverse it. Yeah, he turns into a cobbler at the end. <laughs> By putting on some <laughs> army boots. Puts on some 
Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, that's dead. It's dead. Just like the cobbler. <laughs> he died in the end. <laughs> dad, it's you. Oh, I'm oh, dead now. Oh, you're dead. Now son. the business is really yours. Now oh, nuts, dad. Now that you found out that I'm alive, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> the cobbler, too. <laughs> the resoling. <laughs> The shoes don't fit. The hobbler. <laughs> My shoes hurt. <laughs> Speaking of watching scary movies, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna sidetrack. Ooh, yeah, side-track. please do. So, uh, I went and saw the new Mission Impossible movie, Rogue Nation, which I liked. I thought it was nice. good. Yeah, I thought it was fun. It was a good fun. They had a preview for M. Night Shyamalan's new movie. Okay. The Visit. Have you heard anything about that? I have not. How do you do with scary movies? I don't do scary movies. Oh, me neither. I can't. Oh, no. It's like when you're watching a movie, don't you kind of want to like let go and relax and chill out? Yeah. Be, as the kids say uber chill if you will <laughs> you you would know i mean you would know i, I love to say. i just uber chill hard when i'm watching a movie i'm uber chilling to the max and i can't uber chill when i'm right, watching kids? <laughs> right guys i can't uber chill when i'm watching a scary movie no it's certainly not to the max <laughs> you know maybe to the min uh but not to the max no, I that yeah. dial's not going any higher than a one. <laughs> it's it's not. It is not. It's stuck there. Um, I I don't even know if the scariest movie I've seen in my life is even a scary movie. Like what? What would you say is this? Uh, this I, isn't one of my questions. This is a bonus. Hildo spills the beans question. <laughs> oh man, bonus I, Q. I don't know. Um, off of the top of my head, I I I watched some of Chucky a long, long time ago, oh. but it was on TV, so mm-hmm. it wasn't like the... I've been there. You know, it wasn't like the actually scary stuff. It was like the edited for television stuff. And I remember at that point being like, I don't like scary movies. No, me neither. And as much as I wish I could be, you know, a part of that crew that just loves to be scared and like freak out and yeah, it's just not me. I... I I honestly think that that's probably the only scary movie I've ever seen. And I just know, even from just like watching thrillers or intense action movies, like I can't do. That's I can't as do far scary. as it goes. Oh, what was that one though? A stranger when a stranger calls. That What's was that? that's probably the scariest movie that I've ever seen. And I don't even know that it's necessarily categorized as a horror. It, it, it's I think it's a thriller. I, I I don't remember much about it other than. It's about, um, you know, it's kind of this like out in the woods house and like some things are happening in the house that are scary, you know. Yeah. Um, but that's probably I think the, the ring for me would be the scariest movie I've seen. Haven't seen it. And that was know. that. I mean, other people like scary movie aficionados would be like, oh, that's not scary. Right. Well, I oh, was for freaked sure. out for days. <laughs> Uh, is scary different than horror? Because like Saw is horror, right? And yeah. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen no. Saw, but I think it's uh I think scary movies and horror movies are all gonna get the same tagline. Yeah. Like like 
this movie is scary as hell. Right, yeah. Like, I think there's one guy that just writes that on movie oh, he posters. Does. They in call the him up, they're like, Bob, <laughs> we need you to write scary as hell for this movie. What did you think about this movie? Well, to be honest, it was scary as hell. <laughs> really, Bob? Yeah. Put it on there. Put it on the poster. But... Different people in different stages of life all <laughs> one thing in common. They freak out. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with this. Oh, I just watched the new trailer for the before Mission Impossible. The is trailer. that a scary one? The M Night M Night Shyamalan's movie. Yeah, it's a scary one. Yeah, it's called oh. The Visit. Okay, it looks like a straight up horror movie. Yikes! No thanks. Pass. It's these kid, two kids that go to their. I'm gonna freak you out just telling you the story, but but these. Well, this is perfect because my next question is gonna be: When was the last time you were afraid? This could be, it could be right now. Maybe it is. <laughs> but they, these two kids go visit their grandparents and they're having like the time of their lives. And I'm like, oh, this is a nice movie. And then all of a sudden, the grandpa, he's putting him in bed for the night and he's like, oh, by the way, don't leave your room past 9 30. And then, he, then he's like, night kids, shuts the door. Ooh. And then all of a sudden, it's like <laughs> the house shakes or whatever. And the kids are like, what was that noise? What was that? Must be 9 30. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was. I think they even, fast. I mean, it had every cliche in the book, but it was freaking me. The trailers oh, freaked me out. Yikes. Because I don't think M. Night is, I mean, he his movies have gone downhill since since The Sixth Sense and Signs and all right. that jazz. But uh, so the kids open the door and the grandma is out in the hallway. And I don't know if she was wearing clothes or not. Ooh. But she was scratching at the, one of the other doors like. Oh. <laughs> And then they're just like, what? And they slam the door, and then it just all hell breaks loose from there. Oh, yeah. So there you go. Gross. You're welcome, Danny. What's the hotel one with Jack Nicholson? I the did Shining. see that. The Shining. I did see I, did, I never saw it. I just finished the book. You know what? That's actually probably the scariest, because I think that one's, pro- that one's probably rated R, where yeah, Stranger definitely. Calls is probably PG-13. But it was just older, so you don't take it as seriously, you know? Because the... Yeah. You know, the, I don't know. The book freaked me out in a couple parts. I didn't read the book. I just Over, overall, I didn't, wouldn't say the book was that scary, but there was a few parts where I was yeah. like, "Oh, I yeah. shouldn't read this just before uneasy. I go to bed." When you're watching it, you, you're just completely uneasy the entire time. Okay, I started watching it and I was, and I kind of had decided like, "Oh, I don't really need this because I already read the book." Yeah, and Stephen King hates that movie. He does. Yeah. Oh. He just thinks Stanley Kubrick just butchered the movie. Oh, okay. Well, I thought it was pretty good. So, well, yeah. the The reason why he did is because he felt the book is really the ho- like the hotel itself has uh-huh. like this almost spiritual aspect to it, where it's like trying to get people to point, or it's trying to get into people's minds and like trying to take over in people. In the book or in the movie? in the book? Oh, okay. And the movie is more just about the dad going crazy. Right. Yeah. And I this, can see that. Like, the spiritual aspect isn't there. And he, huh. and he, uh, uh, I want to butcher the quote, but he basically said Kubrick doesn't believe in anything supernatural at all. So his movie is really cold and not huh. anything about that. But I believe in the supernatural. So, like, my that was in the book. I don't know. It was hmm. interesting. So, going back. What was when was the last time you were afraid? And if me describing the visit trailer to well, you, it was the we're, visit. We're gonna 100%. watch it before you go. <laughs> it was this definition of the visit that I heard. Yeah, that just uh, <laughs> chills you to the bone. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Well, okay. So I did know this one was coming. Um, and I think I should preface by kind of saying I'm the type of person who like in this scenario, like I said, like I'd lose sleep if I didn't say like the thing that like actually terrified me in a scared way. Um, and like, as obviously like I, every day I wake up, I'm, I'm just a natural worrier. So uh-huh. every day I wake up afraid of something, whether that's, you know, how are things going to shake out this month financially or, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, so I feel like I'm always living with this kind of sense of fear and maybe that's healthy. It's probably not. Um, but the last time that I was afraid, afraid and not like, Ooh, what's that noise? Oh, it's just the cat. Um, was when I was working, um, up in Northern Minnesota, um, I worked at a fruit stand, like a roadside tent. You drive past it. It's like yellow and green. It says like fresh tomatoes. And that's why you knew the corn needed to be from a, oh, yeah. from a stand and not If the you have any store. questions about produce, let me know. I'm like... Send in your questions to a... Seriously, <laughs> I'll answer them. When I'm, at the, when I'm at the produce section of a grocery store, I have people coming up to me saying, what are you doing? Like... How do you choose the right watermelon? Because I'm like listening to the the way that I'm thumping it. Yeah. And I'm choosing pineapples by like pulling out the leaves and I know what to smell for. And I'm and, just uh And you're extra extravagant, so it's like I, I it's do it of, it's a little bit of a floor show. Yeah, I do it. I wear show. I wear white gloves. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a show. Yeah, I Any close bad it down. Watermelon just gets smashed on the floor. <laughs> I bring my I bring uh, uh orange cones and I set them up just to <laughs> kind of create a stage for myself. This is crap. <laughs> this is crap. Come on now. Slapping the bad ones out of people's hands. <laughs> Yeah, I do Wake it up. up, oh sleeper. <laughs> Let's just say if I'm at your grocery store, you'll know about it. <laughs> um, um, so the job that I worked, it was in northern Minnesota, and the warehouse was in um, uh, just north of Wilmer. So uh, we had to get fresh produce every day. Uh, and so because of that, we had to make the drive every day. So for me, it was two hours and 35, 45 minutes every day, one way, one uh, way to make the drive. So it, every day that I was working, which is usually four or five days a week, I was in the car for over five hours. And, um, and yet your worst job was still picking rocks. I loved my produce job. I loved it. Um, and I think, I think for me, it was one of the things where it was like, the, the food was actually really good. I like loved talking to people about it. I loved, um, kind of having my own thing going because as as a result I mean, it's a of that, a little bit of a sales job. It was, yeah. And I don't necessarily think of myself as a salesperson as much as a passionate person. Yeah. And if I can get behind something, like I'll sell it um, yeah. because I believe in it. And um, I was like an independent contractor with this company, so it kind of felt like my own business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was in control of kind of the goings on of this this stand. Um, and so. As, but as a result of this, you know, five plus hour a day drive, you experienced, you know, all sorts of different weather patterns and situations on the road and animals, you know, you know, jumping out in front of you and yada, yada, yada. Um, and I had plenty of like, you know, complete whiteout rainstorms that I was in, um, which were scary. Uh, but there was one time where I was on my way back from the fruit stand. 
and um, everything got really green. And, uh, you know, as a result of doing doing this in the summers, it's like, you know, June is kind of the tornado season. And so you kind of can expect that late May, whatever. Um, so things got green. It's like, you know what, I, I'm not going to get home till eight. I'm just going to keep driving. Um, and so I kept driving and then it started getting like really, really windy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, being a Minnesota driver, it's like you deal with snow, you deal with rain, you deal with, you know, crazy stuff. So it's like, it's nothing we, you know, we've never experienced before. Sure. I'm in a big truck. Um, you know, I can handle it. So I keep, I keep going. And then, then it starts getting like really, really windy. So I flip on the radio and I'm listening and, you know, of course there are tornadoes in the area. I can see that it's green. Um, uh, but it's like, you know, I, I don't want to pull over because I don't know how long I'm just going to be sit, sitting here and I just kind of want to get home. So I keep driving and I'm listening to the radio and then I start seeing trees like like creating them, creating a, a U like they're they are completely bent over. Wow. And I'm I'm turning my wheel to go straight like it is crazy. And I think about pulling over and getting in the ditch, but it's like, I honestly, like, I don't know that I'd be able to get out of my car. I feel like I would blow away. So I hear I'm, I'm, I'm crossing over a highway. I'm crossing over 94 and I'm on, um, highway 71, just leaving uh, a town called, uh, sock center. So I, I listening to the radio and they're explaining where this tornado is and where like where the touchdowns are and there's there's they're using that intersection that I'm on as the benchmark of where this tornado is. Oh they're saying, gosh. you know, Highway 71 and, and Highway 94 um uh Interstate 94 and so I call Anna um cuz I we were dating at this time and I call her and I'm like freaking out, you know, hey, uh I don't even remember what I said. It was probably like Hey, I don't know if I'm gonna die or not, but just oh, want to let you know that I love you and yeah, bye. Because uh, she was like, <laughs> was doing... it a voicemail? It was a voicemail for sure. Oh. Yeah, um, because she was working, and then I called her again because it was not getting any better. But I, I don't know why I didn't pull over, but I just kept driving through it. Yeah, I felt like that was probably the best option because if I pulled over, like I'm in the middle of this tornado. Right. But the second time I called her, like I was actually thinking that I was going to die and I was probably being dramatic. Oh man. But I was in like the heart of this tornado and I was absolutely terrified in that moment. I don't think I've ever been more scared since. Uh, I don't know that I ever will uh, because I actually thought like my car is, my truck is going to be blown off the road and I'm going to die. It was weird. So you saw the tornado. I didn't see like the, I didn't see like the funnel cloud or anything, but I was seeing like the trees bending and, uh, and I was in, I was in a truck. So I I, like felt more secure probably than I was. Yeah. Um, but I didn't want to like pull over. I don't know. It was, I probably wasn't being smart about it. I probably should have just like stopped and gotten in a ditch or whatever. I don't even know what the real rules are for that. Are, I don't know. Like, if you're in a tornado, pull over and lay do you ditch? pull over? I don't know. But I, I, I was I too probably... scared to do anything. I just, like, kept driving, and I was just completely white-knuckled. And I've obviously oh, yeah. been in many, many, like, frantic car situations, you know, white-out snowstorms or whatever, but that was just a little different. Um, it's, it's not like freaky. I couldn't see in front of me. I just could see, like, really weird things happening around right. me. It was oh, that's weird. freaky. Yeah. I wasn't super excited about it. 
No. But Anna certainly knew about it. She she texted me after that. I think she was like, "What's going on?" <laughs> she didn't probably call gonna, back. Hey, probably just gonna to, die. Just a text. <laughs> so love you. Bye. You still alive? <laughs> With the you. <laughs> uh. Okay, we've talked. I think we may have talked about this sufficiently tonight. But I'll ask it, and then if we need to pull it, we'll pull it. But. Which of your personality traits would you most like to change? Oh, man. Um, this is one I haven't heard because I haven't listened to the most recent one. This one Maybe. might be a new one. Okay. I, I, I added a ton of new ones recently. Okay. So Yeah. Like I said, we're trying to go through book on tape. We keep falling asleep. So podcasts are moving down the list. But personality trait I would most like to change... Um, I think probably my lack of patience, Hmm. whether that is for just kind of like the stage of life that I'm in. I always feel like whatever stage of life I'm in, I'm thinking about, well, won't it be great when I get to this place? Mm -hmm. And it's not like I'm like a money freak, like Wolf of Wall Street over here where it's like, (laughs) oh, I just need more money. Um, But it's like, you know, you know, when I get to this point, then I'll really feel, you know, secure or happy Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, um, and I don't really have patience, uh, in the process of, you know, what's happening at the moment. I don't really enjoy, um, as much as I could what's currently going on. Yeah. And it obviously manifests itself in different ways. You know, on the road, I'm obviously, you know, completely impatient with people on the road and, mm-hmm. you know, in, you know, working with clients, I don't have a lot of patience with them asking me stupid questions and sometimes my kids I feel like I don't have as much patience as like maybe a good dad would and obviously I know I'm a good dad but it's one of those things where it's like I'm laying in bed at night and it's like I did not deal with that scenario like I've definitely had nights like that like I should have and if I had more like if I had more patience like you see these dads at the park or at the nursery at church and it's like man like that's a good dad um, and I guess you never yeah. really know what's going on behind the scenes. And sure. I'm sure there are people who, be a show. yeah, I'm sure there are people who look at me sometimes and say that, but I feel like I'm always because of my lack of patience, like second guessing how I'm doing things. And, um, you know, that just kind of playing into different aspects of my life. I feel like sometimes a lack of patience can maybe be a good thing because it forces you into, you know, problem solving and doing some other things that maybe somebody who had more patience would just sit and wait for, you know, yeah, I I do think it helps you become creative. It does. Yeah. And I I feel like just by nature of even, you know, being entrepreneurial, the patience gene just isn't there Mm -hmm. Um, because you need to do things. But at the same time, it's probably the thing that I would change (laughs) about myself. for sure. Yeah. It's a weird balance because I think it I think it does help you in some scenarios, like you said, where like in business or being creative or whatever. But then at the same time, you kind of hurt the people you love the most because they're the closest to you. And right, I, it's so weird to me that sometimes it's easier for me to be more patient with stupid things that happen at work than it is with stuff that's happening at my house. Right. Yes. Like I'll be at work and something ridiculous happens. <laughs> And I'm just like, oh, no problem. That's fine. And then it happens at a home. And it's like, what were you thinking? It is, it is strange. And I'm not patient, but 
Um, yeah, I mean, I was going to say it could be worse, but in some scenarios it couldn't be. In some scenarios it could. I could have like an anger issue. You know, yeah. that's that's different. Like having a quick temper and like having a horrible temper is different than being impatient. Yeah, I, I think, think so. I think so too. There's very little that will like set me off. Like there's very few hills I will ever die on. Yeah. But I'm just generally impatient. And I think I think they do they can go hand in hand very very easily too. The whole anger issue and being yeah. impatient, but I think you can I think you can have both, you know. So, with that said, what drives you to do better at something? Um I feel like there's a number of things that drive me in life, not necessarily like to do better, but I feel like in life everybody's trying to do better at something. Mm-hmm. Um Number one for me is God, is the Lord. Um, I believe that he has a plan for me and loves me and cares about me. I know that. It's not just something I believe. It's something that I know and something that I've experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, uh, I always drive to do what I do and do better for him. And it's not because I'm, you know, looking at my life and saying and, and thinking like, ooh, got to do this, got to do this because I, you know, have to make God happy. But it's like, but you do what you do to make him happy. It's kind of one of those things where it's not like I feel guilty about it. It's not like if, uh, you know, a day goes by that I haven't, you know, done this, you know, rock solid thing for the Lord Yeah. Um, that I'm feeling bad. But it's one of those things where it's like, um, for example, the other day. Um, I, I withdrew some money from a bank and, uh, from my credit union that I bank with. And they called me right afterwards and they said, uh, we think we shorted you a hundred dollars. And so I looked at my money and they didn't. And so it's like, well, and they, and they were like, so if you come back, we'll give you the, what, what you need. And so it's like in that scenario, it was like, I could very easily turn my car around yeah. and go get a hundred dollars. That's weird. Yeah. Um, but it was like, you know what? This is one of those scenarios where I feel like God has kind of placed it where I can do something that is good or do something that is dishonest. Yeah. Um, and so I actually, you know, I told him, you know, no, I'm fine, whatever. Don't worry about it. Um, obviously, if they had shorted me, I would have turned around. <laughs> um, okay, you did. Um, but it's like those types of things where it's like um, I just I want to please him. Because mm-hmm. I want to, not because I feel like really obligated to. Um, and then obviously the other one is uh, Anna and my kids. Um, everything that I do and every, you know, like I just said, the one thing that I would change about myself is my lack of patience primarily because of them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I feel like everything in my life I'm doing and whether or not I'm doing it well, obviously, I feel like any every dad would say, you know, if my kids were the only thing in my life, I would work less and, you know, like things like that. Obviously I, I feel the same way, but I feel like what I do is for them. Um, even though sometimes it's hard for me to put into words why. And yeah, you know, it's, it's that thing that all of us, I feel like deal with. All right. Last one. Then you get to ask me one. What is the best advice you've ever received? 
Um, I also knew this one was coming, but this is one of those ones that I could never like figure out what I would say. Um, just right now, off the cuff, I think there's a couple things that come to mind. Obviously, I've received a lot of great advice from a lot of people who I would consider, you know, really influential in my life. My dad, mm-hmm. um, uh, primarily my dad, um, and then you know, grandpas and mentors and whatever. Um, but two of the things come to mind. One is um, my grandpa, my dad's dad, um, who. I don't see that often. He lives in Cleveland and, um, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's not like I'm always on the phone with him. Hey grandpa, what do you think about this? Um, but he said, uh, like, don't, don't be afraid to say no. This was probably when I was in like early college and he was just like, you know, when somebody asks me to do something, and I don't want to do it, I tell them no. (laughs) And I don't even feel like I need to give them a reason why I can't. And it's like, there seems to be a lot of freedom in that. Yeah. And as, you know, we get older and we get more involved in things, like you and I, the people pleasers, feel like we always have to give somebody a reason. Like, no, I can't do that because I'm doing this. Or, sorry, wish I could, but this is going on right now and I'm going to be really busy and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, but it's like, I feel like if if I could, and this is one of those things that it's like I'm constantly trying to figure out how to do it. If I could actually just say no to people or say no to things, how freeing would that be? Um, and yeah. I wish I wish I could do it. And my Grandpa King is not a people pleaser so he doesn't have to worry about that and that's how he can do it and he you know was an entrepreneur and built himself a great business and doesn't have to do things which is another thing too like he doesn't realize that there are things that normal (laughs) people have to do yeah he's in a place where where you just would not have to do with it right like he doesn't have to do that he doesn't you know there are certain places he just doesn't have to go certain things he doesn't have to do um so there's a i mean there's a fine line there's a balance um, the other piece of advice I received is from one of my grandpa on my mom's side, one of her or one of his best friends. I had breakfast with him probably two or three months ago, and he, again, is an entrepreneur. Um, and he said, um, when you're trying to kind of establish yourself or do your own thing, um, don't worry about the things that you're not good at. A lot of times people think, you know, I need to look at what I'm good at and what I'm not good at and evaluate, okay, here are the things I'm not good at. How do I get better? Um, And almost sometimes us who are, you know, Christians feel like that's biblical. Like God created us to be good at everything. Mm -hmm. Um, But that isn't the case. God created us to be good at some things and other people to be good at some other things. Mm -hmm. And other people to be good at one thing, but they're really good at it, you know? Um, so instead of focusing on what you're not good at, focus what uh, uh, focus on uh, what you are good at, and then that will help elevate you above and beyond the other people. Because, um, you know, for me personally, I could focus all day long uh, on trying to be really good at managing finances and, you know, doing, uh, you know, analyzing data, but that's not how I'm wired. 
Mm-hmm. So I could focus, you know, all of my time and attention on that for the next five years. But at the end of the day, I'll just be average. Or I could focus my time and attention on um, communication and being creative and uh, doing things like that that I actually am. And then continue to, you know, move above and beyond other people in that area yeah. that I am good at. Um and so that's kind of, I mean, just a long way of saying, like, focus on your strengths, not your weaknesses. There's always going to be somebody who's better at what you're weak at. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's not necessarily going to be somebody who's better than what you're good at, hmm. better than you. Um, and so that was just encouraging for me to hear from somebody who's, like, kind of been there, done that. He's on, obviously, like, the way tail end of his career. But he's built, you know, a fantastic business. He has a wonderful family. Family. He's, uh, um, you know... It was just, it was encouraging for me to hear that. Yeah, that's um, cool. Because, it, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, now I don't have to continue to beat myself up about why I don't understand QuickBooks, um, <laughs> why I don't understand like this data entry stuff. And, yeah. You know, the, you know, analyzing different things. Yeah. That's just not me. And I can be okay with that. Mm-hmm. And the no, the no part, I mean, you and I definitely are similar to that where we struggle. I always feel like I have to give someone an excuse when I say no to right. them. Like, oh, I can't because I'm doing this. Or like, <laughs> or like if I really do not want to do something, I got to go, oh, I got to think of a good excuse as to why I can't do that. Right. You're like racking and your it, brain. What can I say? And it's making the difference of saying no because you don't want to do that and you can't do that. Right. You know. And no, because you don't want to is legitimate too. It's like, fine. That's a legitimate yeah, excuse. Especially fine. like when you have some other things going on. Like yeah. that's fine. But it's one of those things that for people like us, it's almost more stressful mm-hmm. to do that than it is to like focus on oh, what am I gonna say? How am I gonna get out of this? Yeah. So we have a five week old. Eleanor Rose, she was born June 30th. I didn't say that on the podcast, but yes, she was born June 30th. And and there's so much stuff. I've had a lot of opportunities to do things, and I could do them, but I've had to just say no. Like There was one weekend where we had a bunch of stuff going on, and I really didn't have a good reason to say no to things. But I just knew we were really busy. Like we had been really busy with everything else, and I just said no. And we just had a family weekend with the four of us, and it was awesome right and it's not, and i i i had to say no without an excuse giving excuses to people and that felt super unnatural but it was so needed right i don't know it was yeah i can relate there is a lot of i would imagine freedom in that saying no yeah i, I don't know yeah there is yeah I don't know that I'll ever fully experience that because i just don't that's just not my personality but i've read a lot of Self, like, kind of self-help. Joel Olstein. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Be a better know. you, Just Dave. other other blog posts I've read or articles I've read or sermons I've listened to or books I've read, whatever. The big thing that they say is the power of saying no and that it's okay to say no and that we're, as a society, as people, we've driven into this place where we just feel like we have to say yes to everything that comes to our way if we have the ability to do it. Yeah. And, yeah. All right. My turn. Your turn. My turn to ask a question. Yep. Well, I actually, before we started this uh, podcast, I was going to actually ask, like, 
what would your last meal on earth be and who would you be with? Actually, I do want to ask that. Can I ask two? Sure. Is that okay? That's fine. Yeah. Okay. So let's start with that one. Last meal on earth. And you're not allowed to say with who would you, who would you be with? You're not allowed to say family members. Cause I feel like that just kind of goes without saying, um, or at least it should go without saying, but now you're <laughs> off the hook for that. You know, if, 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 if you would have, you know, dinner with, Everybody but me. Now you don't even have to say it, and I don't even have to know. <laughs> yeah, you're um, a family member now, so. <laughs> but your last meal on earth, what would it be, and who would you be with? Um, well, the last meal is easy. It would be really, really good Mexican food. From any specific place, or, you know, maybe, you know, uh, I don't know. I I love to cook Mexican food. And kind of the guy for me learning these things is Rick Bayless. So food food by Rick Bayless would be okay. awesome. Mexican food by Rick Bayless. Yeah. Or a really great place in Mexico, too, sure. would, be, would be great. Like, you know, fresh tacos, rice and beans, the works, everything. Um, and I've kind of, I think it would be my my closest guy friends. Okay. Um I mean family obviously, but you can't say right, that. Right, I can't I can't say Easy family. Now. I <laughs> breaking the rules. You're spilling too many beans yeah, here. Yeah, Come on. yeah. I it's been I've I feel like I've gone through a weird transition where I had college where I was just surrounded by friends and then after college everybody kind of spread out all over the US and all over the world. Mm-hmm. And to have times when we're all back together again is rare. So to have that again would be really, really awesome. Over a great Mexican meal. Over an awesome Mexican meal. Yeah. That would be even better. Yes. With no side effects afterwards. Right. Yeah. No, yeah, that that yeah, for sure. No consequences. <laughs> yeah, no no consequences. That's a good way to live life. There's no consequences after this. I'm just gonna do it. I'm not gonna say no to this. <laughs> no. I'm gonna eat until I fall over. <laughs> okay, so my next question is So not necessarily guy friends, but just friends that yeah. are spread all over. It doesn't need to be just just dudes. Right. But but then how are you gonna like make fart jokes and actually that's true you know you're eating mexican food that's true it's gonna come (laughs) they're just gonna get used to it i guess it's my last meal is it my last meal am i dying or am i jumping yeah you're dying you're for sure dying yeah you're dead jumping into a ball (laughs) you're dead you already died stop talking you're dead already you already had your meal Uh, next question somebody's gonna your guy friends are dancing on your grave (laughs) somebody somebody needs to come up and scoop up these beans they're all over the place (laughs) they're everywhere olive where are you i need even beans right now (laughs) um okay so my next question is um if you had to go back to any part of your life and change anything, Oof. what would that thing be and why? Oh, man. And it can't be the Mexican meal you had in the last <laughs> part of your life. I felt so sick after. I felt so sick. No consequences. Oh, <laughs> uh, This may be a crappy answer, but it's my answer, so you're just gonna have to. All right. You're just gonna have to live with it. Um. I don't think I would change anything. 
I think, um, because I think I would risk not being in the place that I am right now. Okay. By changing everything. I've seen too many time travel movies where I find out like, like click. Yeah, click. <laughs> back to the future. <laughs> Things change and they spend a whole lot of time getting it back to where it was. Yeah. Um yeah. I that's not to say that I haven't been through rough patches and things that I didn't enjoy and things that I would love to just erase completely. Mm-hmm. But I think they've led me to here. It's a good answer. I think that's that might be a sappy No, that's good answer, but I think that's it. It's very good. Hashtag no regrets. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> that's the stuff. Uh well, I think we sufficiently spilled the beans tonight. I feel good about this. Me too. Yeah. It's, I mean, other than the fact that there are beans everywhere. Yeah, it's just just I'm gonna have to get a shovel for all these beans. <laughs> <laughs> um and it's also rare that we get to spend time where we talk and there aren't like kids sitting on our shoulder. Like when I was getting fitted for my pants, Max was literally <laughs> climbed and sitting on my shoulders as I'm like going through these books of fabric. <laughs> it is rare. It's one of those things where it's like you carve out time to do it. Yeah. And it's completely unlike anything else that you normally do. Yeah. Like for me, it's like, you know, when I'm working, yeah, maybe I'm not with my kids, but when I'm having conversations with other adults, like I'm for sure with my kids or with oh, other yeah. people. Yeah. Definitely. This is kind of, it's, it's weird, but it's cool. I liked it. Yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun. It's, it's the calm before the storm, man. Tomorrow's birthday party central. It's going to be wild. I'm going to be jumping in that be bouncy. bouncing <laughs> people so hard. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> You're going to be like going to town like people's grandmas. <laughs> <laughs> Grandma, get in here. <laughs> Boom. Well, everyone, thanks for listening. This has been another fantastic episode of Hildo Spills the Beans. Uh, you can find me on our website at hil.do. It's Hildo with a dot in the middle. Also... Uh, find us on iTunes. Uh, just search Hildo Spills the Beans. If you like what you hear, leave a review. That'd be awesome. Um, until next time, I gotta go clean up some beans. Yeah, I never thought of it that way. It's like click. You just can't wrap <laughs> your mind around it. What if you had a remote? What if? Butt bomb. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was fun. It was a good fun.